Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. I'm joined, as always, by my friend Chuck. Chuck, are you there? I'm here, Timmy. And the lovely Brandy. Brandy, are you there? I am. Perfect. Today we're going to talk about the Pitchfork murder mystery, the death of Charles Walton, a um, murder that took place in uh, 1945 and remains unsolved to this day. What's your thoughts on that? Brandy, I don't like unsolved. I need closure. I need closure. Well, well. Hopefully, maybe we will solve it by the end of this podcast. Ugh. I'm going to start searching the internet here, Timmy. I think there's some clues that you think you, you think you can unsolved. figure it out. Yeah. Let me introduce no, our pan. Let me introduce our panel. I'm joined by a lady who is known throughout the kingdom as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty. Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? Oh, Timmy, I have a cold, and that oh. sucks. I know. I have a cold, and my baby has a cold, or walking pneumonia. So you, just, basically, been... you basically gave your child your disease. Yeah, well, no, I think he gave me his. Hmm. Well, I'm so, sorry to hear that, Brandy. Well... You know, it is what it is, but, you know, I'm starting Are you taking to, the Percocet? I'm not taking the Percocet yet. They they so, do wonders for a cold. I've heard. I've heard. So, no, I'm not doing that. I went, um, it's just been, a, it's been a weird week. It's just been an odd week. Have you guys had, like, just kind of a strange week, or is it just me? It's just you. Okay. Um, well, then, all right. What else, what else did you do this week? Uh, well, last week, I went and got a mammogram. So, all the women out there, go get your mammograms. And everything And I would like to just point out, Charles and I are available if, for your cons- uh, consulting for you, get the mammograms if you need, if any we of the are. ladies out there that need consulting. Yeah, and we totally don't even appreciate that at all. Uh, mm. But, yeah, so I got got that done and everything turned out fine. And so just, you know. Everybody who's over 40, if you got boobies, go get a mammogram. That's well, my public service should the colonel, the colonel and I are over 40. Should we, should we get a mammogram? You need to ask your primary care physician. Hmm. I get my testicles uh, 
ultrasounded every six months. Every six hours? Every six months. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> every six hours you would remember be quite that, the Who thing. was the woman on Entertainment Tonight who had her legs insured by Lloyds of London? Uh-huh. Was her yeah. name Nancy Hart or something? What was her name? Remember her? Yeah. Had yeah, I know really you're nice talking about. Legs. Anyway, Lloyds of London insured. I think Ann Margaret had her legs in, insured. So you have your testicles insured, Colonel? And, and yes, and the... Uh, the big guy, the little general. Tim. I see. I see. I don't. Well. I don't think that's a thing. Well, because you well, know, you should I'm, get a discount as you get older, as it becomes non-functioning. <laughs> actually, and much the less closer valuable. to the ground it gets, the more they charge me. But um, because I need it, how am I going to write books about you know how to properly make love? Mm-hmm. When, Ugh. You know, I got. Oh yeah, how is your book going, I forgot. Uh, yeah, you you got it. Well, let me introduce you, and then you can tell us about it. That was enough brandy oh. time, don't you think, Colonel? That was way too much. Maybe you can edit some of that out. Let Perfect. me introduce a, a man who brandy who is known as uh, a man who's known as the uh, most dangerous man in podcasting today. By no one. He's been uh, he you know he's uh, someone we turn to brandy in these troubled times. He's no, been don't. he's been described as an oasis in the desert of despair. Uh, a best-selling author. No, what? And a man who uh, a man of God, the very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters the uh, Third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Couldn't be better, Timmy. Couldn't be better. I had, uh, you had a birthday. You had a birthday this week. I had a birthday come up. Are you uh, sixty? Na- are you sixty now? No, I'm not sixty yet. You bit old woman. I'm just checking. Um, and I I took Rudy out into the woods. So there, I, I've had a strange dynamic start going on in my house here, Timmy. What's that, Colonel? Rudy has started to snitch on Bo. Every time Rudy catches Bo doing something he's going to get in trouble for, Rudy sneaks up behind him and starts barking to get all our attention because Rudy doesn't bark unless somebody's breaking into the house. So he's ratting so on his out. little brother. He does. Yesterday, Bo was in the garbage trying to get into the garbage. Rudy's standing out there barking, and I go out and yell. Then Bo likes to eat plants. Bo's eating the plant. Rudy comes over, starts yelling. I realized Rudy's turned on the dog. Rudy's starting to snitch on him. He's ta- much like snitches get Taylor and Logan. They get britches. He's, he's get yeah. Snitches get britches. And I will have um, I will have my blog coming up soon, Timmy, because it's a follow up to my book. Oh, this is a follow up to, to how to make, make love to a woman. It is gross. It is. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot of people turning to you for advice, Colonel. Well, the book is it's it's anybody could could read the book and and really up that game to me. But some of it gets a little bit technical to me. And people been sending me messages, you know, hey, I'm 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 having a little bit of problems with battering the corn dog you know that's his battering the corn dog 
That's euphemism, yeah. Brandy. What do you think about that? Has anyone ever used that uh, terminology with you, Brandy? Battering the corn dog. Yeah. I'm, guess, I'm yeah, guessing they're talking about man. making making love, right, Colonel? That's another. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right, and and uh, you know, ma'am wrote in so and gross. said, you know, I, I so have gross. Colonel, I have tried and tried and tried because one of the tried and true method is. Uh, a technique I call the dipsy doodle. Uh huh. And oh, dipsy doodle. And, and they said that they said that look, Colonel, it's it's just not not, not doing anything for. I, I'm trying everything. I, I've done the devil's dance. Mm-hmm. I've done exploring Punarnia. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. The chronicles. I, I of mean, Punarnia. I've even tried to fidget the midget and Bridget. Yeah, oh and it's God. just not working. And you I said, what? you know, sir. Well, he's trying to keep this show classic, Brandy. He's not using vulgar terms. He's trying to keep this. He, he's using he's using these terms so he don't offend people. Go ahead, Colonel. Right. So I said, well, go ahead. Here's here's what you do. Now I want you to read chapter thirty-seven real good. Okay. Now this is a 37? tried and true method. If it doesn't work, try follow up and and. And just get down buttering the biscuit. Try that uh, one. Buttering the biscuit. That, buttering the biscuit. I, have, I haven't heard that uh, term before, but that, that you know it what? makes sense. It makes sense, You Brandy. know what would be great? No, it doesn't. And so you know it would be great? So I feel like Colonel Time's over, and I would just <laughs> well, love no. to talk I had about to somebody him. getting killed with a pitchfork. I Sir, would love if, it. If or if somebody could jab a pitchfork into my ears, that would also be great. And the dipsy doodle haven't working for you. You you might have a defective woman. You might be just basically crab fishing in the Dead Sea. Oh my God! You know, crab it's just not going to happen in the Dead Sea. So you're right. saying that that uh, the woman may not be uh, may may not be doing her part. Currently. I'm begging. Well, you. she she may lack the hot bone, Timmy. I see. I she may lack the hot bone. If she don't you. have the hot bone, it's just never going to happen. I want to. So, hear and I, I feel sorry for these fork. men because he's sweating, and you know he's he's, he's doing his part. He, yeah, right. I mean, he's he's buzzing Somebody the Somebody could get killed by a pitchfork in front of me. That would also be preferable to this conversation. <laughs> yeah, doing that, and 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 he for our English people. There's a technique in in no. chapter 17 called the Chesterfield Rugby. Please, Chesterfield. you might want to try that <laughs> one on stop. for the Christmas season. So, well, Please Colonel, you get you, as you get uh, as you receive emails because I'm 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 guessing that you're getting lots and lots of emails, and as you're oh, uh, asking your advice on how to make love to a woman, so as you get those, feel free to share them with us as we go through the podcast. Uh, I, wanna, I might, uh huh, I might do that because I feel like it's. You know, Timmy, to to whom much is given, much is expected. Timmy, I've heard that. That's that's a that's yeah. a that's a, a good philosophy, don't you think, Brandy? Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so I feel like it's kind of my duty. It's not to to give back to help men and women just uh, just get on their way. You know, just mm-hmm. just just to bring a little bit more joy in the world. Well, you're a good man, Colonel. 
Yeah. I uh, I want before we get started, I want to thank Nina for substituting for me last week. She did a great job, and um, she was really really funny. So thank you, Nina. Uh, if you haven't, I can't imagine you haven't already checked out Already Gone, her uh, award-winning podcast. If you haven't been, uh, if you're interested in true crime, do check out Already Gone and her long. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. It's uh yeah, it's uh, on the Oakland um, child murder. So check out those fine podcasts from Nina. And again, thanks, Nina, for. Join, uh, sitting in for me last week. Uh, you had a little bit of class to this podcast. So, well, and God knows we could use it, Timmy. Without you here, without you. Well, here, that Timmy, was I, I was concerned I, because you know I didn't want it to be just you and Brandy because you know she kind of you know she took a test this week at work and it turned out you're going to be shocked with this colonel she is a dominant personality are you surprised yeah no and she just you know what the show would have been looked like it would have been just filth and cussing yes and, and by the way if garages if, and if adult language offends you then um you probably want to check out some different podcasts because brandy does cuss quite a lot and talks about some very disgusting things now when the colonel when when he he won't he'll if a topic comes to sex he's very modest but yeah. if it comes to sex he won't come out and say the f word he'll use oh what give us yeah, an just uh, give us an example colonel. just you know the, the two people in the back seat doing a two person push up. Two person person push up. That's yeah. a good one, Brandy. You have to admit that that, that see he cleaned it up. Just, maybe you could uh, you know train Brandy on how to use appropriate. Well, language. on last week's thing because Nina was on that Timmy and and it really surprised me because I thought Nina obviously had been to finishing school. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think? Oh well, yeah, I would think so. Um, and you know the devil, she got kicked out right. Yeah, she didn't finish. Fi- finishing. Oh my school. gosh, she didn't even get to starting school. I bet she so, didn't even geez. get to. I bet she didn't get to the part where they walk with a book on their head. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, it, it just yeah, we're trying to we're trying to change the tone, change the image. Try, you know, trying to, trying to be trying the to you, you, you want You're trying to be the change. You're trying to be the change you want to see. I'm trying to be the man in the mirror, Timmy. Uh, you are you are definitely the man in the mirror, Colonel. All right, let's talk about the pitchfork pitchfork murder mystery, shall we, Brandy? Yeah. Let's do that, please. <laughs> Quentin is a civil parish uh in Warwickshire, England. About six miles from south of Stratford. You know, you ever been to Stratford, England, Colonel? I've been there, Timmy. Well, that's interesting because it, uh, according to the 2011 census, its population of Quinton was only 1,968. So I guess when you were there, it was 1,969. No, it was um, about 2,100. I had the Colonel's posse. Oh, the Colonel's <sighs> posse. I see. Now, nothing much happens in uh, the quaint little village of Quinton, other than the colonel visiting from time to time. But on Valentine's Day in 1945, 
Quinton became the location of a savage daylight murder that remains unsolved to this day. I hate on, that. On I know, you like closure. On February 14, 1945, 74-year-old Charles Walton, a farm laborer, was found brutally murdered. His throat was cut with his own slash hook, and a pitchfork was driven into the side of his neck, pinning him to the ground. Where were you at, Brandy, on February 14, 1945? Because <laughs> this sounds like some of uh, her... Andy work there, Colonel. Well, and when we get into the next paragraph, it absolutely does sound like some of her some of her handiwork. Well, despite a detailed investigation in which more than uh, five hundred people were interviewed, no one has ever been charged with uh, with this uh, Charles Walton's murder. The bizarre nature of the crime has led many in this small community to believe the murder was the result of witchcraft and black magic. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Mm. Who does that remind you of, Colonel? Mm. Not you, Timmy. Not mm. you. I see. Okay. So we're talking we may be talking about some of your people here, Brandy. I doubt it. Hmm. Well, Team Brandy might have had a hand in this one. Well, you I know, I don't think so. We talked about this before, but the guy was 74 years old, and Colonel, I believe if, you're, if you kill someone who's already lived past their normal life expectancy, I mean, you, right. may, if, you, may get, you, should, you maybe should get a ticket or something, but should you go to prison for your life, Colonel, if someone's already lived? Well, if they sentence you, it should be like, okay, I'm sentencing you to a tenth of a life term. Yeah. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? I mean, I don't, I don't have any. I just want to hear about this guy getting stabbed in the throat. Well, I mean, the Colonel, uh, I, I just think it, it should be based upon life expectancy. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, it, there should be a, there should be a, uh, uh, a chart, Timmy. Yeah, a like uh, accurate, uh, you know, like a, a quantitative what, analysis on. I mean, a 74-year-old farmer, a farm laborer. How much labor could the guy do in a day? <laughs> you know what? Those farmers are badass. Let's be careful. Mm. Well, that's true. That's true, but he wasn't that badass because his wife slashed him with a hook and stabbed him <laughs> in the ground. With <laughs> we a don't know it was his Probably. wife. Uh, well, couldn't, maybe. But it sounds like the kind of personal thing that a wife would do. You know, I've told you, God damn it, use a coaster. Ah! Well, and then you're stuck in a well, here's the thing, Colonel. Now, it also not only age should matter; it should matter kind of what you do. Like for for example, you and I we're we're famous podcasters, right? Yeah, we and, bring a lot of joy to the world, and uh, our lives is you know far more valuable than you know normal people's. We bring a lot of joy. We have a lot of listeners. We have millions and millions. Well. Maybe not millions and millions of listeners, but we have a lot of listeners whose lives would be uh, it would be darkened if it if if something would happen to us. So maybe if well, we have a lot of people that turn to us, Timmy, for joy and mm-hmm. happiness, and and seventy four year old men with pitchforks driven into their throat. Yeah, 
Yeah, which says a lot about the people that turn to us. But but don't you, but don't you think it's fucked up? Like if uh, this guy, if they arrested this uh, guy, killed him, and they get life, and then they would kill someone, kill me or you, and they would get life. Don't you think? It, yeah, it seems kind of bogus. I mean, I mean, now if you know if they took out some podcasters. It, right. you know, it might be doing a public service, you know, like, you know who I'm talking about. But Yeah, you get those guys that do the fantasy football podcast. <laughs> who misses Jesus. them? You know? Uh, I mean, fantasy football lasts, what, six months a year? Yeah. Okay. What are you doing the other six months? Talking about potential, uh, they, they, they irritate me. I don't even think they should let them on Apple, Timmy. You think iTunes should... Uh... So you, I think iTunes should put a ban on it. Hmm. Well, Charles hmm. Walton, Charles Walton was born in Quinton, England, on May twelfth, eighteen seventy. He lived in Quinton his entire life. He worked as a laborer most of his life. He was married for a brief time when he was in his fifties, uh, but his wife died in nineteen twenty-seven. The couple did not have any children uh, of their own. Charles Walton uh, had a bit of a myster- mysterious uh, floating. A mis- uh, Charles Walton had a bit of mystery floating around him in his life. He was considered a loner, Brandy, and somewhat odd. Uh, yeah. a, a loner and somewhat odd. Which I can't believe that that he's not a serial killer. But whatever, go ahead. He worked as a farm laborer and. Per- <laughs> Pretty much kept to himself. If you take nothing uh, uh, else from this uh, description of him, Brandy, yes, you know that what we're emphasizing, he was a farm laborer, right? Yeah, I got that. Okay. Uh, so, where am I at? Although uh, Charles did not interact a great deal with people, he did uh, seem to have a way with animals. It is said that he had uh, almost a supernatural affinity for bonding and communicating with animals. Some said that uh, wild birds would flock to him, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? Well, that sounds like a nightmare. And he he was the bird man of uh, Warwickshire. And he was said to have not only be able to... uh, Easily tame the wildest of horses, but also had the ability to calm angry or even rabid dogs. So he's kind of like you, Colonel. He's like like Dr. Doolittle. He's like the dog whisperer. It's like Dr. Doolittle. Well, in 1945, Charles was 74 years old and lived in a rented cottage with his 33-year-old niece named Edie. Charles adopted uh, Edie, Edith Isabel Walton, that's her full name, Brandy, sure. in, in 1915 when she was just six years old. So, Brandy, that means she was born in 1909. Thank you. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, so 1915 when she was, okay. Charles uh, raised Edie as his own daughter. The two lived alone in a w- rented cottage and pretty much kept to themselves. Well, except for the rabid dogs that would come around. Although right. although Charles 
did not socialize with his neighbors. He was uh, far from being disliked. As a young man, he gained a reputation for training horses and was often con- uh, consulted by his neighbors with uh, concerns about their beast. So he's Dr. Doolittle. Kind of, yeah. Seriously. Charles Charles had occupied the same cottage since uh, World War I. At the time of his death, Charles paid the uh, three shillings per week rent on the cottage. Well, God, you'd think he would have owned it by then. As right. well As well as buying uh, uh, coal and meat. So he didn't, you know, he was kind of living, he was not very wealthy, Brandy. That's what we're getting at here. In addition right. to his casual earnings, uh, Charles received 10 shillings a week old age pension. He also oh, That's what you're hoping to get, isn't it? I uh, mean, if I could get 10 shillings a week, I'd be I'd be, I'd be retired right now. He yeah, also paid right. his niece 3 shillings a week for housekeeping. All right. A lot of shillings being bantied around. Well, what, how many shillings? Well, why isn't Edith cleaning up the damn cottage is what I want to know. Yeah. What she does she, the hell is she doing? He is. <laughs> He paid her three shillings. No, he a week paid his to niece. Do housekeeping. Isn't that Edie? Oh, maybe he adopted. Maybe he adopted his niece. Well, why should he pay her to clean up her own damn house? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay, listen, listen to this. You just fucking said it. He had a thirty-three-year-old niece named Edie, and down here he also paid his niece Edie three shillings a week for well, housekeeping. Right. I mean, she's living with him. Maybe he's just a nice guy. He raised her. Why she should charge him three shillings a a week? He only he only has he only gets ten shillings a week for rent every week, and he only gets ten shillings a week for old age pension. She's taking thirty percent of it. That's some bullshit. There, that's some bullshit. I I'm sorry you feel that way. She probably walked around in one of those skimpy little (laughs) nineteen forty five fucking whore. Gross. <laughs> okay, that escalated quickly, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, it did. I just don't know why. I just don't know why she's taking thirty percent man's. <laughs> well, I mean, he only let's, he would only have four shillings a week to get stuff. Let's think about this, Brandy. You get you would you would you pay thirty percent? Oh my God! Would you pay thirty percent of your? Why are you so tickled by this? (laughs) That's a lot of cash back in those days. It's thirty percent of your income. Oh my God! To clean the house, maybe the house is gross. So you know what we make? You know we make about what three shillings a week. Yeah, three. We make about we well. Make I mean, about it's a ref- inflation together. We, I mean, you know, each of us probably make about nine thousand dollars a year. So that'd be like paying three right. three thousand of that for someone to clean your house. Yeah, she had uh, to be. Know. She had to be wearing this shirt. You know, the little the little French maid outfit and stuff because hey, it ain't no way that old man is going to be paying a third of his income for some some niece to clean his house. You know, maybe he just wants her to have walking around money. Why don't you settle down? Good Lord. 
That's I fucked just up. Think it's, it, 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 I think it's a little. I think there was. There might have been a little. <laughs> little shadiness going on there. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> Poor guy's just trying to help her out. And he raised serious? her. You think she should clean his house for free? Fuck, she lives there. Maybe he's just a nice guy. I don't know his motivation. I'm just saying that you getting so tickled I, I, by this is weird. I just can't believe the dude is paying a third of his income. To have well, it doesn't matter. He ends up with a pitchfork in his throat. So, you know, all's well that ends well, I guess. Uh, Jesus. God. Oh, God. I can't believe he's doing... She was ripping him off. Come on. Oh, Char- my God. Charles supplemented his income by doing odd jobs. Of course he had to supplement his income. Because he's, paying, he he's had, paying that whore three... He had three jobs, and his niece didn't have one that was, she was collecting cash on. He had to get it. He had a old man out there, 74 years old, doing farm work because... His whore of a niece is charging him a third of his income. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the Maybe hell's a shilling anyway, Timmy? Somebody uh, explain the goddamn shilling. I'm Maybe he's a hoarder. A I don't know. Maybe, you know, Maybe he's a, a hoarder. Can you write that down, Brandy? No. Maybe he's a hoarder, and it is a big deal to clean his house. <laughs> Maybe. I think, I'm See? thinking she's fucking, you know, she's teasing him and shit, bending over. You you know what I'm talking about, Colonel? Oh yeah, yeah. She's just she's she's believing that she's gonna let the uncle tickle a tummy from the inside, Timmy, and that's never <laughs> oh, gonna happen. But he's tossing no. out three shillings a week for it. What uh, tickle her tummy from the inside? I've never heard that expression before. Have you, Brandy? Because it's, because it's not a thing. <laughs> All right. So Charles, if you do it right, it is. If you do it right. Charles supplemented his income by doing odd jobs around uh, various farms around Quentin because his whore niece made, he has to get out and work. Oh my God! You know what? Woman here's, alone. Here's an idea, Charles: clean your own fucking house, and you don't have to go out and work. <laughs> you know, Chuck. Have you noticed he doesn't get excited or tickled about anything else? But when it comes to money, all of a sudden everybody's a whore, and you know. Well, come on. He, she's charging him a third of his income. His He's on a fixed income. This whore's charging him a third of that just to clean his house. He's at, he has to go <laughs> He has to go out and do odd jobs <laughs> just so he can afford to pay his niece. Why can't she go out and get a job? I don't I don't know. Maybe she had maybe she was disfigured. <laughs> at I don't the time know. at the time of his murder. Charles was doing some work for a local farmer by the name of Alfred Potter. Friends called him Al. Charles had done Absolutely. Charles had done several I believe, jobs. For, I believe there's some niche shaming going on here, but Oh, you think? <laughs> Good lord. Charles had I and she he raised the little girl when she lost her parents. You think she could clean his house for free? Maybe she didn't ask for the money. He just gives it to her. Mm. No. Maybe he's a better person than you. No. I, I know that's not saying much, but it could be a thing. I think she's a whore. Charles had done. <laughs> <laughs> Charles had done several jobs for Alfred Potter, and would work from him and work for him quite frequently. The two seemed to have a good relationship, even though their relationship was pretty much limited to that of an employer-employee. The, 
the two uh, did not socialize or spend any time together outside of work. I'm guessing that that whore niece of his just comes around after he gets his painkillers uh, filled every month. I bet she's not even around most of the time. Yeah, she was getting her her powders from him because mm-hmm. they had the powders. Oh my back god! In the day. Well, uh, Charles was scheduled to work on uh, on February the fourteenth, nineteen forty five. Charles Walton was scheduled to work at Alfred Potter's farm. He left home with a pitchfork and a slash hook, which is a double edged pruning impl- uh, pruning implement. Uh, with a sharpened straight edge on one side and a cutting edge on the other. Oh, my God. Uh, so, you know, it was his tools of his trade, I guess. Edith, the whore niece, stated that uh, <laughs> stated that Charles had left his purse at home on this day, which was a bit unusual. She's probably in there digging in there, stealing his money. I bet... I bet he had more money in it than what what she told the police. Charles was witnessed to have passed through uh, the churchyard between 9 a.m. and 9... I'm sorry, between 9 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. on this particular day. Uh, on this particular day, he was slashing hedges in a field known as Hillground. On the slopes of Mellon Hill, you know, you know where I'm talking about, there, Colonel, right? Mellon Hill. I do. All right. I know exactly where it's at. Charles was expected to be home by 4 p.m. Edith returned home from her job around 6 p.m. So I guess Edith. Oh, did so it. she has a job, and so she, she is contributing. She's probably a stripper. So you're a prick. <laughs> and well, and the other thing is too, what. <laughs> You're, you got fucking killing me. Has anybody ever? Did anybody stop and think that maybe this was an accident? Well, he was. His, he was found. With- How the fuck you end up with an accident with the? <laughs> if he fell onto the thing, yeah, that might be an accident. But it was sticking but- in. He was sticking through his neck and it pinning him to the ground. That's hard to fall like that. Yeah, and you know she was quick to point out that oh, no crime here, nothing to see. Yeah. She returned home. Edith returned home from her job as a stripper around... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why's she got to be a stripper? Wow. What else can she do? <laughs> around 6 p.m. Really? So she she arrived around 6 p.m. and found that Charles was not there. Uh, due to his solitary nature and regular habits, he had regular... You know, he was OCD, kept to his regular routine. Um uh, it gave her no solace that he was like a loner, and it may have she felt that maybe he went to a local pub or was visiting a friend. See, he gets out. I bet she. I bet she knows all about the local pub, Colonel. Oh my gosh! Knows all about what? Uh, the local pub. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's down there all the time. You know what she's she goes down to the pub and. Getting what? A, get what and gets a beer and get Percocet from the old man that she teases down there. She's probably he's she's probably cleaning other men's houses. That'd be my guess. Well, really? she's she's 
tells her uncle, well, where are you going here, niece? And she says, well, uncle, I'm, I'm going to take the magic bus to Manchester. The magic, the magic bus. bus to Manchester. Yeah, that means something completely different in England. Hmm. So worried, Edie knows she's going down to the bar to get laid, devil. No, thank you. Thank you for that, jackass. Worried, Edie notified a neighbor named Harry Beasley. And and the two went off to look for um to look for her uncle. They ran into Alfred Potter, who acknowledged that um Charles Walton had indeed been working uh, that day, uh, out by a piece, a place called Melon Hill, Meon Hill, and what the hell are you doing? And he joined them to search for the missing man. So he hired the guy to do some work around Meon Hill, and now they're all three: uh, Alfred uh, Potter, uh, the niece, and his uh, neighbor Beasley. They're out looking for him. Okay. What okay. they they went to me and he what they found there, Brandy, would shock and disgust the entire community. Oh my goodness! There, among the very hedges that he had been working on, was the dead body of Charles Walton. Oh, hideous! Timmy, and hideous. it was in quite a state, Colonel. His pitchfork, uh, its handles were broken off, had been. Uh, stabbed down through his neck to pin him to the ground with great force. And the slash hook had been used to open his throat where it remained embedded among the uh, the sludge of blood. Charles... That's just disturbing. It is pretty disgusting. Charles also had been beaten around the head with his own walking stick. Now, oh, now, my God. <laughs> Who does see, that to an old man? Tell, well, it's probably his poor niece. Why is he trimming bushes when he's got a walking stick? Jesus Christ. Did anybody's parents ever say this to you? I will tear your arm off and beat you to death with it. Yes. Okay, my parents said that too, so I just didn't know if it was... My own abuse, if that was something that was... No. I will actually tell my kids that I will I will pick one of them up and beat the other one with him. <laughs> well, that sounds very abusive. You He's smaller. Do I? <laughs> that sounds abusive. Okay, Mommy Dearest. <laughs> hey, you know... Wire when both hangers? Wh- Wire hangers? Yeah. When they're both... When they're both working your nerve, you know, I will pick him up and beat you with him. See, sometimes that works. Jacob is much have much uh, more difficult to pick up than Noah is. Uh, if you don't mind, Brandy, See, I'll continue with the story. I got story. a theory already. I got a theory already, Timmy. Okay, that's okay. great. Let's what's go. Your, what's your theory there, Colonel? Now, be quiet, Cur- uh, Brandy. On. Let him talk. Yes, Colonel. He strolls out into the barn, Charles. Right. Mm-hmm. And the niece is supposed to be cleaning the house, but she ain't. She's with some field hand in the in the barn slapping sloppies, right? <laughs> slapping sloppies, Brandy. Slapping, slapping sloppies. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, it gets ugly. And next thing you know, Denise got a pitchfork, beats him with his own cane, stabs him in the ground with a pitchfork. Case solved. What? 
He's blaming the whore niece, Brandy. Your thoughts? <laughs> I, no, I don't. I don't think so. Hmm. I, I don't think so. Well, they found him in this terrible state, and maybe the most bizarre of all was an apparent crucifix that had been etched into the flesh of his chest. You're, oh my God! The only thing that seemed to be missing from Charles's person was a small silver watch described as being cheap quality and relatively worthless. Well, oh. my, my had sentimental value. You don't know. Well, they was stolen the crucifix if they could have got it out of his chest. But Nice. Very nice. Poor little old man minding his business with his walking stick. Cutting the, some hedges. The grisly scene had them contacting the police as soon as they could, Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> And Hello, th- Thelma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thus would unfold a truly strange mystery that has yet to be solved here. What, 80, almost 80? I don't know how long it is, but 55, 75. Long time. Yeah, long time. Uh, yeah, f- 75, almost 75 years. Uh, at first, the investigation was handled by the local superintendent named Alex Spooner. Sounds like a cop's name. Alex Spooner. I wonder if he had yeah. one of those little hats, Colonel, that's, you know, like got a bill on both sides in the front and the back. Like a Sherlock Holmes he, hat? Yeah. And a big curly mustache that he put <laughs> wax on? Yeah. Man. Alex Spooner, P.I. Yeah, okay, so that's here's... weird. Here, I've got a thought, uh, Brandy. Oh, here we go. No, no, this okay. is a cool thought. What uh-huh. if we have someone design a history dweebs tattoo? Uh-huh. And we can get all of the members of our uh listening audience to get that tattoo so that when we live in the compound together that will be kind of your entrevue into the compound. Huh. That's that's very interesting. Um Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and mull that over for quite a while, Colonel. Would you wear a history dweeb's tattoo? All seriousness. Well, look at God look at the right tattoos that he has. Look at the tattoos he's got. Of course he would. Well, how, how about you, Brandy? Would you wear a history dweeb's tattoo? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think our I, listen- I think our listeners would be interested in that. 
members I don't of our think group? They would. Hmm. But how about so, Alex Spooner, uh, Bra- uh, Colonel? You know that horn, uh, Edith. You you know, I bet she I bet she just goes around to all the old men, and and cleans their oh houses. Oh my god, that's wrong. Leave hmm. leave her leave Edie alone. All right. Anyway, think about the history of Edie's tattoo because I think that would be cool. Anyway, I don't I even ha- really I don't even have a tattoo, but I would get one for that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're a liar. No, no, I would. At first, the investigation was handled by the local superintendent named Alex Spooner, the guy with the mus- uh, mustache wax. Mustache and the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He probably had a big, like, um... He, he had, had a pipe. No, uh, yeah, a pipe. But he also had, uh, like, a magnifying glass, like a rolling big one. Yeah, well, duh. That's what they all... That's what all good detectives have. Now, Alec... Uh, he uncovered some uh he had uh, worked and un- uh, uncovered disturbing and very strange past murders in the area so he's on it he you know he has a history uh for instance there was another notorious murder that took place less than 50 yards from where charles was found 70 years to that day and what's okay. interesting brandy I wonder if anything yeah. happened. Uh, you know, I have to do the math because it's it, I, we were past seventy years. I don't know, and I was yeah. trying to figure out if there was another murder. You know, like it was every seventy years or something. In eighteen seventy-five, a young woman named Anne Tennant, who was killed by a pitchfork by a local dim-witted man named John Hayward. Jeez. <laughs> That's how I'm going to be known, you know, after a hundred years after I'm gone. <laughs> a local a dim-witted man. A local dim-witted man. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, a local dim-witted man named John Hayward was uh, charged with that murder because he had believed that she was a witch and who uh, who cursed who cursed him and the whole area. So he, she's a witch. The local she's a witch. Sounds legit. <laughs> a local dim-witted man killed this Anna Tenton or Ann Tenton in 1875. Tenet? Yeah, within yes. within 50 yards of where Charles Walton they found was, Charles with right. the, was killed by a pitchfork. Ann right. Tenton's body had been pinned to the ground with a pitchfork, and a cross had been cut across her chest, a chest, which turned out to be a traditional method of disposing of witches back in the day. Huh. There was supposed uh, also. Uh, there's supposedly they. The more you know, Timmy. Yeah, the more you know. They suppose uh, there was also supposedly uncovered by uh, Spooner uh, repeated sightings of a uh, what is that spectral spectral black dog in the area made by a young boy uh, named of all things. Guess what? It was the young boy's name, Brandy. It was Charles. Charles. Watson, the same oh. name of the guy who got just got killed. Yeah. Um, somehow. So, so uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Charles Watson, the young boy, is seeing this black dog. Yes. Yes. Okay. The boy who apparently seen the dog several nights in a row, after which he saw an apparition of a headless woman 
that eerily coincided with the time of his sister's death. Mm. It was even speculated that Anne Tennant was related to Charles Watson somehow. So, soon, the entire community became convinced that witchcraft was involved in Charles's murder. That is some weird coincidence, Randy. Yeah, it is. Yes, that is. She's a witch! Yeah, the, mm-hmm. that kid's name was Charles Watson, and uh, uh, the old man's Tex name Watson. was Charles Walton, but... His great-great-grandson will be, or his grandson will be Tex Watson of the Manson family fame. Very right? nice. That's not true, but or it together. <laughs> yeah. We don't or, know if it's true or not. Yeah, I do. I do. I feel confident. So further investigation uncovered that the area of the murder, Meon Hill, was steeped in dark tales of witchcraft. Steep the in hill, dark tales. S- steeped in dark tales of witchcraft. The hill apparently had long been surrounded by tales of the occult and black magic rituals, going all the way back to the days of the Celts. That sounds like an ideal vacation spot for you, Brandy. It it would be. And it seemed as if the sightings of the ghostly black dogs had long been common in the area. An autopsy was performed by forensic experts at Scotland Yard. A post-mortem on Charles Walton found that Walton's trachea had been cut and that he had bruising to his chest and several broken ribs. Well, that happens. Charles Watson also had defensive wounds, a cut on his left hand and bruises on the back of his right hand and forearm. Pathologists concluded that Walton's wounds had been caused by two weapons, a stabbing weapon and a cutting weapon, presumably the pitchfork and the slash hook. Scotland Yard, that's way to put that together. Charles Watts, Walton had also been hit over the head with his own walking stick, which was found three and a half yards from his body with blood and hair adhering to it. I, it think, was it was that. That Charles, I think it was his horde niece. To go ahead. Oh, it, was wrong. Niece. it was absolutely uh, the niece. Oh, goodness. It was determined that Charles Walton died between 1 and 2 p.m., Walton's shirt had been opened, his trousers had been unfastened at the top, and his fly was unbuttoned. Oh! Ow. I don't mean necessarily. Maybe he was just taking a leak when he got killed. See, that's that's why when you're taking a leak against a bomb wall, Timmy, Mm -hmm. never face straight ahead. Because you don't know what's behind you. Always keep your head on a swivel when you're taking a whiz outside. Well, here's the thing. Maybe... His whore niece was giving him a blowjob, and <laughs> what the hell? No. Oh, a shilling. No. A shilling is a British coin valued at one twentieth of a pound sterling. So it's kind of like a nickel. Oh, that cleared that up. Kind of okay, like a nickel. Good. Okay, it's like a nickel. Most, so you right. think that? Uh, so he gets fifty cents. You think that she was doing a little <laughs> oh, snabbling on the uncle there, Timmy? He gets 50 cents old age pension a month. <laughs> and he's giving that go. whore. Is she giving 50, this bitch a quarter? He's giving that whore 50, 15 cents. Let it go. He can spend his money how he wants. He's old man. He's earned oh, it. Oh, I know that. I'm just saying she's taking advantage of him, the whore. 
because he's only got 50 cents coming in. She's taking 15 cents of it every week to clean his fucking house. I feel like. I bet she don't even clean it very well. Wait a minute. I feel like you're projecting. Maybe. That's what I feel like. I feel like you are projecting. So uh, Timmy, Timmy never you know, had a on, uh, on, You know, back in the day on Craigslist, whores would advertise by uh, saying they'd come over and clean your house nude. <laughs> oh, oh really? Yeah, that's how they got away. You know, they get they would say come out and say they, you know, give you a blowjob or something. But they say they they do house cleaning in the nude for one hundred fifty dollars. I think your should, house was the cleanest on the should, block, wasn't it? <laughs> I think you should do fucking laundry if they're going to, you know, make an. <laughs> but you know what? That's what I'm. A woman said to me not too long ago, mm-hmm. you know, because the neighborhood we work in. Uh, she said <clears throat> that she would do anything for a hundred dollars, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Anything for a hundred dollars. So I said, you know what? Come over my house Sunday. I got some paint, and I need done. <laughs> Overhaul your transmission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus. All right, so continue, uh, Brandy. Quit, quit. Uh, thank you. Quit, get, quit getting distracted. Come on now. Sorry, sorry. So the report makes no specific mention of the cross supposedly carved on Walton's chest, but it's mentioned in some later accounts. Not believing in witchcraft, Detective Spooner decided to focus on the more likely suspects, namely Charles Walton's employer. You have here, it's Alfred Pooter, but I believe you called him Potter earlier, yeah, so that's Pooter. what I'm going to go with. It's Pooter. I you do like Pooter, Alfred Pooter I say better. Potter, Pooter, I like Pooter Potter, better, but whatever. Pooter, among, among the clues that it pointed to Potter were his behavior at the crime scene. Potter's behavior on the night of the murder did not appear to be that of an innocent man. Hmm. When the first when the first policeman, Constable Lomasny, Lomasny, whatever, arrived at the scene, he noted that Potter seemed very upset. You know he was what? Shivering and complained of being cold. <laughs> well, that's serious. That sure is suspicious. Well, that is. But, you know, I bet those constables, man, they get laid like crazy, Colonel. Well, probably. Oh, you know they do. Those Quakers trying to get out of speeding tickets with Uh, their little horses. mm. Going down the street too far, not having flashes on. All right. Showing their Quaker boobs to try to get out of the tickets. Quaker boobs. Perfect. Mm. Uh, he was shivering and plain, complained of being cold. Looking back, I think that Potter appeared more worried than one would have expected him to be. I wonder if he was like biting his fingernails like he was like a typewriter, you know, and just maybe. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that on cartoons. Mm-hmm. After all, the officer reasoned, Potter was used to slaughtering animals and might have been less moved by the murder scene than other men. Oh, well, that makes sense. He was also surprised when Potter said he was going home. Before the Stratford police turned up, he said, so the constable said his complaint of feeling cold, I considered a strange excuse from one who was used to attending to animals at all hours and in all kinds of weather, especially as the murdered man was his own employee and had been murdered on his own land. Well, it was the middle of February, so it probably was cold. Well, Potter gave conflicting testimony. Three days uh, after the murder, on February 17th, Potter said he would have gone over to see Walton, 
February 14th, were it not for the fact that he had a heifer in a ditch nearby that he needed to attend to. Well, if we had a nickel. Was he talking about his niece? <laughs> we've all had a heifer. We've all had a heifer in the in the ditch nearby. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a nickel, we're not proud of it. We're not proud of it, but we've all been in the ditch with the heifer, Timmy. God. Uh, let's see. He claimed that he'd gone straight home, arriving there about two twelve forty p.m., and then went to attend to the heifer. <laughs> However, <laughs> however, you stay here. I'll fuck? be right back. He Wait had a minute. to check and make sure none of his friends were around. However, the heifer was found to have drowned in the ditch on February 13th. It happens. Oh. It happens. He pulled with Ted Kennedy. <laughs> Jesus, God. Oh, God. So he's killed the heifer. <laughs> All right. And so the heifer drowned in the ditch. <laughs> yes, the heifer drowned in the ditch. That must have been a dumbass heifer. <laughs> Honestly, just walk out of the ditch, motherfucker. Oh, well, he um, told me to wait here, so I'm just gonna wait. So I hope he hurt. I hope he comes back soon because I'm about to drown. <laughs> <laughs> he told him to wait right there. Oh, God. Wait here. All right, so the heifer drowned in the ditch and was not removed until 3.30 p.m. on February 14th, almost three hours after Potter claimed to have gone to attend to it. Well, I mean, it takes a little time to get a uh, heifer out of it. That's dead weight. <laughs> that is dead weight. <laughs> it ain't like Although, open you now. If you can field, if you can field strip it, my guess, or field dress it, my guess is that you can... You know, have a lot of meat for the winter time, but whatever. Uh, Potter's statement about the heifer was contradicted by his statement on February 23rd that he'd gone home, read the paper, and then helped a neighbor named Charles Batchelor to pulp mangolds. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he was just, uh, he was in shock and, and mourning that he lost his heifer. That uh, you know, he don't remember all the de- details. You know, I don't know. There's a big difference between, like, if he just said I went home to pulp oranges, and then the next day he says mangolds. Okay, but it's hard to mix up pulping mangolds and getting a heifer out of a ditch. <laughs> he was confused. I don't. There's there's no not a lot of confusion there about what you're doing. Hmm. So the conclusion, the police reached. Uh, by that comment was that Potter was undoubtedly lying about his actions at this critical time, but the reason for these lies can, for the present, only be a matter of conjecture. So as far as his timeline goes, police also questioned Potter's version of his time of his timeline for the day of the murder. Their suspicions about Potter's activities between noon and 12.40 was increased by the fact that he variously stated that he had seen Walton walking in the distance at 1210, 1215, and 12:20, ultimately telling the inquest that he had seen someone stationary at 12:30. What the hell? That's quite the timeline. Uh, yeah. Um Oh, so he goes he varies by 5 minutes. 
but he'd seen someone at 12th. Oh, Jesus, God. I'm glad nobody ever questions me about shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would be like the worst yeah, I'm, witness. And like, what did you? What were you doing on the afternoon? I'm, I, I'm not, I don't know. And even though I don't do anything, I just come home and lay in my bed. I'm not going to ever have a kind of like a uh, alibi for anything. As like, mm. what were you doing on September 9th, uh, two thousand sixteen? Yeah, I was. I was. Laying, I, no I was idea. laying in bed. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, but what did you do after you were laying in bed? No, literally, I laid in bed. <laughs> I laid day. in bed, and then I didn't even get up and go to the bathroom. No, it's all good. Laid in bed. All right. So, investigator Spooner concluded that thus we have Potter's story gradually changing from seeing Charles Walton working at a hedge, working at hedge cutting at twelve ten p.m. to seeing a man standing stationary in the field at twelve thirty. Good lord! So you think it's the. Um, uh, the the guy that hired him is that what you're? That's what I'm getting a sense that you believe that this is guy is the guilty party. Well, I'm just reading what you wrote. Here, no, but so I mean, I don't. Well, I mean, it you, sounds like it, but you, you again, seem like you want to defend that, a whore niece. Yeah, I do because I think that she's been and lay it all attacked. on Alfred Potter, Pooter, whatever. Yeah. We're gonna lay it on Pooter, but. I just, I don't, again, I would be a horrible, I can't even give myself an alibi. You know, yeah, exactly. What were you doing yesterday at 5.30? Fuck, I don't know. I could have been in the car. I could have been, I don't know. Yeah, I'm terrible about so that. So 12, 10, and, and, 12, And I don't 15. notice anything. Like, and you know, they could be like no a. No shit. <laughs> they could be like a no bank shit. robbery, like, you know, and I'm like the next in line. And no, I know. Teller, and I, I think. Like, oh, I didn't see anything. Well, and. I was and looking I on my like phone. Your. Yeah, you're not noticing shit was very much on display when you discovered that I had a tattoo that I've had for two or three years. Wow. That's not hidden. It was new. It's to, not a hidden tattoo. It was new to me. Jesus Christ. All right, so. We should get a history to uh, tattoo. All right, so Potter made some statements regarding the murder weapon. In his initial interview on February 14th and 15th, Potter made no mention of the murder weapons. However, on February 20th, Potter said he had previously mentioned to the police that he'd touched the murder weapons and that this had been at Harry Beasley's instigation when they found the body to make sure Charles Walton was dead. What mm. the hell kind of sense does that make? Yeah. Well, you, Who the hell's Harry Beasley? He was and the, why is he trying to get Harry people Harry Beasley in trouble? was the neighbor that went with Edith to, and, and Potter Pooter to find uh, Charles Walton. He was yeah, a, he was see a, him standing there like, touch it, do it, just touch it, just touch it. Is he it. dead? <laughs> he's, yeah, well, he's, he's got dead. a pitchfork through his neck. <laughs> yeah, touch the pitchfork. Make sure, yeah. Get some skin under your fingernails. That's what you should do. Uh, however, this was the first time he'd made such a claim to the police, and Beasley strongly refuted any question that he'd asked Potter to make sure Walton was dead. Well, of course, Beasley's probably banging uh, the Edith. And oh, trying to frame uh, Pooter. That's what I. That's what I'm taking away from this, Colonel. How about yourself? Why does he need Pooter gone? What the hell does Pooter have well, to do with because, and Edith's because, relationship? Because he's covering for e- Edith is the one that killed him, and he's. No. They're trying to blame Pooter, who was Pooter was trying to get his heifer out of the ditch, 
he had nothing. He he had so he was away getting his heifer heifer out of the ditch, and when he was away, uh, Beasley and the whore niece Edith, they got together and they they framed him. That's that's what I'm taking from this anyway. I don't know why you're taking that. So anyway, well Beasley said that it was pretty obvious that the guy was dead, and that Potter didn't touch the weapons in his presence. This led the investigator to conclude that Potter had gone to great pains to explain away any of his fingerprints, which might have been found on the weapons. Hmm. He he also had some odd stains on his pants. <laughs> Cue laughter. <laughs> oh, we've all been there, really, haven't we, Colonel? This <laughs> is it's getting weirder and weirder to me. Yeah. The trousers that Potter had worn on February 14th were described as being made from Bedford cord. There were two marks on the front that investigators believe may have been bloodstains. Oh, this is however. Some, those are some nice slacks. Those Bedford cords. Well, that's a, those are some nice slacks. Yeah. I hope they can get. The, uh, I hope they can get the stains out. Well, they did. Uh, there may have been bloodstains. However, he reported that they had been cleaned too thoroughly for positive analysis. Ah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, because you know that's fine material. That uh, whatever you said that was, that was uh, Bedford, Bedford Court. Court. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine material. That's why it's. A, you know, I you wouldn't think he would be able to afford a find a pair of slacks like that on ten shillings a week. Ooh, Alfred Pooter. <laughs> Alfred Pooter had oh okay the cords. I you thought know, that. Keep up, Timmy. You wrote this. I thought you were keep talking up. about. Uh, Charles Walton, because he only he only no. he only got ten shillings a week. I know he did. I heard. I've heard all about his money issues. He couldn't afford. Keep uh, the fuck up. He couldn't afford. He couldn't afford Bedford cord. <laughs> You're right. 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 But this guy's wearing Bedford cords while he's getting his heifer out of the ditch. So he's got money to burn. Clearly, <laughs> he's a baller. Yeah, he's a baller. All right. So police also believe. That Alfred Pooter Potter may have had a motive to kill Charles Watson, mm. and the and the motive was what, greed. Did, did the Colonel have a stroke? Why isn't he talking? I'm I don't just know what he's doing. Listening to you two go on here, it's it's kind of entertaining. The devil seems Timmy like she's getting a little bit uh, Timmy can't keep his shit worked together. Up here and, and I'm trying to figure out the stains on the man's pants. <laughs> They couldn't do DNA, but they could at least done the crunchy test. Was it crunchy? Did it, you know? Yeah, but you know what? He's wearing cords. You can't really tell. Belford cords. Belford. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's a you nice can't really tell. What is it? Is it a Belford cord? Is you that can get like, him down uh, at the general store. <laughs> is that like uh, corduroys or something? Is that what Belford cords are? I'm just saying that it is. It's probably not, but I'm going with that it's cords. I'm going to look it up. Well, good. I'm writing that down. All right. So it seems that Alfred Pooter managed the farm called, okay, the Furs. The Furs, right? For the L, the Furs for the L. L. Potter and Com- and Company, a company he shared with his brothers. Police suspected that Potter was claiming that Charles was working more than he actually was. They believed that Alfred was pocketing the difference. Oh, that's not right to, oh, to besmirch Alfred Pooter. 
Well, if he's doing if he's doing it wrong, I'm telling you. Police believe that somehow Charles found out about the scheme and threatened to report him. However, police found it difficult to prove such allegations because the company's bookkeeping was completed by who? Alfred Pooter. Ah. Mm. The plot I don't trust this Pooter guy. You know, yeah, exactly. I did a Google search for uh, Belford Cords, and I, it's not shown any results. So. Bedford Cord. Yeah, Be- Bedford. Spell it right. Oh, I had Belford. Okay. Never I mind. Know. There you go. Okay. Inspector Spooner knew that by making an arrest, he would have to link Pooter to the murder scene. Because of Pooter's changing stories and lack of witnesses, it was difficult, if not impossible, to place Potter at the crime scene at the time of the murder. Oh, this is a nice looking pants. They they uh, they almost cost seventy dollars on uh, sixty four ninety five at L.L. Bean. Oh Damn. God, there's some nice looking slacks. Pa- mm. Are they cords? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're like uh, corduroys. There you go. Um, well, yeah. So Alfred really had Alfred Pooter had some. He must had he must have been well to do to be able to afford Belford cords. That's seventy bucks. And well, and pull your heifer out of a ditch in them. Well, here's the thing: he was he, he paid seventy bucks for his pants. Poor old Charles uh, Watson Walton. He only got ten shillings or fifty cents a week. Let me tell you something, though. Old age pension. Like, he gave a, not... he gave a third of that <laughs> to his whore niece. Oh my god! All right. So he couldn't place Potter at the murder scene, despite the strong circumstantial evidence. There was no clear evidence that linked Potter to the crime scene, and despite analysis by Scotland Yard, Potter's fingerprints were never found on the murder weapon, and despite the investigator's suspicion about Potter cooking the company books. No reasonable motive could be proven. Also, investigators found that there was no evidence that Potter was violent or that he and Walton had ever quarreled. Investigators described Potter as morose and sullen at his interviews, although, even when closely interrogated, he never lost his temper and was civil. Well, he was morose He found, was morose and sullen. That should, that should tell you something. Yeah. It should. Investigators yeah. found that Potter was unkempt and on the surface dull-witted and probably <laughs> incapable of covering up a murder. Describe him again. Wow. What, what was that description again, Brandy? Uh, unkempt and on the surface dull-witted. <laughs> probably under the surface, too, I'm guessing. Uh, Colonel, have I, you ever been described? Have you ever had uh, anyone describe you as unkempt and uh, a dull uh, uh, on the surface, doll witted. Yes, uh, yes, he from has. From time to time, <laughs> from time to time, to me. Till they get to know uh, you, girl. Most of them are just. There, there's a, again, when you reach our level, Timmy. There's going to be a lot of haters. I mean, look at Kanye. Right, you know, right. Perfectly nice, reasonable man. You got, you All got a good point. You got him. a good point. He's got a point there. We're Brandy. basically. You and I, Timmy, are basically the Kanye West of podcasters. We really are, Brandy. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, I never would have thought before I got into podcasting, Colonel, and I know you experienced this too, that everywhere you go, women just throw their panties at you. You do you you experience they that? They do. Yeah, they do. I mean, oh, if, if you know, if 
You know, I, at first I was picking them up and handing them back to them, but you know, I, I, it just got so <laughs> <Yeah>. polite. <laughs> it's only polite. Well, now I don't. I just let them. I just walk, keep on walking. You just sniff them and walk away. <laughs> well, I had no idea getting into this how many how much opportunity it provided to shampoo the Wookie, Timmy. <laughs> shampoo the <Aww>. Wookie. <laughs> but me, you know, being an upstanding Christian man, I just give the panties back to the lady. Mm, well, of course, uh, you're above reproach. I'm not in here to, you know, I'm not Charles. In, I, I'm in here to entertain people, Timmy. I'm not in here to be shucking the Barbie all the time. Shucking you know what I mean? the Barbie. Hey, what? I. Can you just do the conclusion? How about that? Because Charles, because, because here's the thing, Timmy. Mm-hmm. A woman gets with the colonel. I mean, it's basically the apex of their life. Yeah. You have soured the kraut from that. Soured the kraut. You have soured the kraut. I have never heard that expression before. Soured the kraut. Yeah, you just ruined it for everybody else. Hmm. So, let me tell you what the investigators did here. They determined that he, Pada, Puda, Kuda, was in ill health and not even physically able to mount such a vicious attack. What? He was able to get his heifer out of the ditch? (laughs) He was able to mount the whore niece. (laughs) And probably the heifer. Just Although sad. several witnesses have suggested, I can't believe she Charles was charging Walton him three shillings a week to clean his fucking house. Well, wait a minute, this gets better. Hold on. Several Go. witnesses suggested that Mr. Walton had lent pot of money. Its repayment was overdue, and there's no proof that this was the case. Hmm. So wait a minute. So you're, what you're saying is the guy who gives out three shillings a week to his niece is also loaning his boss money. He's a loan shark. Yeah. He's loaning he's his boss money. Too. So he's only got seven yeah. shillings a week to live on after he cleans his house, and he's loaning that out as well. What a, he, no, he was right. a saint. He gives he three shillings out. He gives three shillings out a week for rent. Oh, well, he was yeah. a loan shark, and he was into. He Man, was in, looks like he, he really was, could he stretch a shilling. Sex work. He could. This he probably is a couponer. <laughs> So Mr. Walton had Well, his, he don't uh, go around spending money on Belford cords, I'll tell you that. Well, no. No, he, no, he didn't. Although he probably no, could. No, he did not. So anyway, he he had a he had a business on the side, um Walton stuffing the muffin, Timmy. Well, I mean, that's and the thing. This no. this guy's going around wearing Belford cords. He's he's obviously yeah. got a shop uh, kind of he's a shopaholic or something. He's wearing Belford cords, but he's borrowing money off a loan shark. You know, Charles. You, you know, maybe he has, he, a, maybe he he has a, a Belford cord addiction. He had a QVC po- uh, problem. Maybe, maybe, or Not, maybe he's dressing up so he can, you know, get with the whore niece or something. Oh my god! Yeah, she liked the she liked the dapper man. Hmm. Oh my god! Were they well, ever able to charge Alfred Potter? Continue, Colonel. In the end, police were unable to charge him with murder. With oh no, Puda, the lead suspect, ruled out. Police started focus on less likely suspects, but to no avail. Locals believed that the murder was related to witchcraft or perhaps 
a druid ceremony. Mm. Does this sound like a druid ceremony to you, mm. Devil? Oh, yeah, uh, Brandy. I was in, you know, I went to England to see uh, Leanne. We went to uh, uh-huh. Stonehenge, and they said, you suck, and they're not going to hire you. <laughs> they didn't say that. Yeah, they yeah. said it's they not didn't say fucked that. up. The devil hasn't and been And you know here. what? I will just, I can call Leanne and confirm that. Nope, they said, you suck, we're not hiring you. No, they did not say that at all. Continue, Colonel. They did not. Well, it turns out that Quentin is near the, yeah, let's not dwell on on the devil's career failures. Mm. It turns out that I work with the two of you, so yeah, what does that say about career failures? Think this through. Here's the job. Watch a bunch of rocks. (laughs) Just sit here and watch a bunch of rocks. And they told the devil, you're not qualified. Exactly. So now it turns... It turns out that Quentin is near the stone druid circle of the Whispering Knights. Locals believe that Charles Walton may have been killed by a reproduction of a druidical ceremony hmm. on St. Valentine's Eve. Hmm. Have you ever been to a druid ceremony, Brandy? No. Hmm. Have you ever sky danced? Have you ever pushed a heifer out of a ditch? <laughs> oh, into a ditch! I, you know what? I have, I have pushed a few heifers, heifers in my day, but there's not necessarily no, out of a ditch. But you know, maybe into the ditch. There's no evidence to substantiate any of these claims. There's a druid site about twelve miles away, as the crow flies from where Mister Walton was murdered. But he wasn't murdered on Saint Valentine's Eve. But rather St. Valentine's Day itself. Maybe Cupid shot a pitchfork into him. Maybe. So also researchers were unable to determine if any Druid ceremonies took place in the area or what it consisted of. Now, in fact, extended research conducted in the years after the murder seems to throw cold water on witchcraft or paranormal theories surrounding the case. I wonder if that was the devil, because, you know, she loves to throw cold water on things. Mm-hmm. Whatever dreams, my hopes, hopes my dreams, joys you have. Aspirations. Yeah, the devil comes in, throws cold water on it. Mm. Now, it turns out that Anten- the Antenant murder in 75 had very few similarities other than the pitchfork. And Antenant was attacked in... View of several witnesses and the identity of attacker was never in doubt. Yeah, it was a dim-witted guy. It also turns out that she had not been murdered on the same day. In fact, Alan Tennant was killed on the 20th. Now, in addition, the attack took place nowhere near Walton's murder. So these were not related or connected at all. And no arrest, Timmy, was ever made in the murder of Charles Walton. Hmm. His murder is now one of the longest unsolved murders in UK history, second only to the Jack the Ripper cases, Timmy. Hmm. You're telling me that they solved every motherfucking crime in England <laughs> since then? Except for that one and Jack the Ripper. Yeah, they ain't even got. Those I think it's the oldest, second oldest, not the, funny the, the second oldest non. Uh, yeah, between the Ripper and that, all the people that got killed. No, I'm not believing that. I'm not believing that. That's that's propaganda put out by. Man, the Man, you all police. see their prison. I went to the. Uh, Leanne took me to the Tower of London, and I'm you know I'm thinking you know people are chained up to the walls and shit. You know, it's this fucking spacious 
fucking living it's space. It's pretty posh. It's like a fucking condo. I mean, it, there's a yeah. big fireplace. I mean, I would live there. Fucking lock me up there. That's <laughs> fine. Put me up there. I don't. Oh have... no! Don't lock. Don't lock me in. Oh no! <laughs> exactly. No, don't but lock I, me in. I mean, haven't you? I mean, wasn't your impression of the Tower of London like it was this very dark and dingy and worst prison in the world place to be? It's actually really nice. I'm like, fuck, put me there, please. Yeah, it's Jesus. very nice. Uh, Brandy, what's your uh, what's your theory on? What's your theory on the murder of Charles Walton? Pooter did it. Who? Pooter. Pooter. Cooter. I don't think Pooter did, did it. Not Cooter. I don't Pooter. think Pooter did Pooter it. He was framed. Him. You just he don't like him because it. he has Belford cords. Yeah. I don't like him because he's a liar McLiar pants. Hmm. And even in his, his Belford cords, he's a big fat liar and... I think he did it. Hmm. All right, Colonel. What's your final All thoughts? Right. Who do you think committed the murder well, I of think Charles? The niece did it. Yeah, she's a whore. The niece did it. Collected his pension and went about it. Well, went see, the it. thing is, she gets what she deserves because once he's dead, he no longer gets that ten shillings a week, and that means she don't exactly. get her three shillings a week. She's got a job. Oh, she's a whore. She's a stripper. Oh, my God. All right. No evidence of that. All right. So uh, I think that it was Edith who killed him. Because. No. Because she took his money and she was a whore. Okay, Brandy. Um, Uh Huh? Charles, we would like to thank all of the wonderful people who support us. We would like to thank every single Patreon sponsor that we had. And we would do it. Individually, if I had a list. <laughs> I figured that's what you were leaning into. Okay, so we don't have the list this week. We will uh, thank everyone next week. We're grateful this week. But if you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or, or just a wee little bit to me. Happy birthday, Colonel. Happy birthday thank to you, our um our friend Heather, who we lost uh, this year, um, but we still think about you. And Brandy, do you have anything time. you would like to say before we wrap up? Nope, get, I'm good. Like, get your I'm breasts. Sorry, get your breasts tested, uh, ladies. Yes, yes. Get your get your mammograms. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Good Bye-bye. day. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.